Zone 3 Podcast. I am Robert. Yes, and I am Reggie. <laughs> and actually, you just said what your rap name is. Go ahead. I cannot do that on <laughs> camera. I'll tell them mine. My name is Copy Paste. That's my rap name. My rap name is KVP. KVP. You know and we are known as the MRI. Copy and paste that KVP. <laughs> 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 album drops in the fall matt welcome <laughs> thank you very <laughs> much redditor thank you for joining us you thank are you. a returning guest yes and you're joining us from none other than chicago shy town yep. north pole right i mean you north guys pole do yeah ice fishing in, we in do, july yes, yes. <laughs> we do yes. oh, God. <laughs> as you know it's miserably hot there and miserably cold. yes exactly. right. why does anybody live in chicago i don't know because rsna that's only yeah, the thing i can why i love sure. it the pizza's good <laughs> Love the pizza. But you know what I love more? Thin crust. I said it. <laughs> I'm, he's not with me. I'm, just, I'm not trying to make enemies. So I'm just kidding. But actually, where did we have pizza there in Chicago when we were there for RSNA? That was Giovanni's. Really Giovanni. That was really good. Oh, man. Good. There's one here. Did you know I that? Oh, really? Don't, about come to, that. don't come to Scott's. No, yeah. Eat it. Yeah. yeah, I saw Luminati's here, too. I was like... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's the Portillo's as well. Yes, sir. Yeah. Because we get so many, like, you know, Midwesters here coming yeah, we get away from that winter. Yeah, we have a couple right? McDonald's, yeah. too. So look around, you'll see them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Matt, you're here to join us today to discuss the topic of spatial resolution. Yes. Yeah. And this is a topic I think for a lot of techs would be beneficial to uh, just kind of hear your inside knowledge of. And so right. sure. I yeah, take it wherever you like. Well, and two, I think that... Uh, Spatial resolution kind of gets looked at the wrong way a little bit, you know? It's one of those things where we're like, mm, something has to give, that's going to cost us time. People, the first thing people want to go to is to lower their phase encoding, right? Their phase uh, resolution. And that's not always the best choice, right? No. So, you know, I would love to hear what you think about, sure. you know, space res and how we can just... I mean, if we, if we really look at it, we can say that our goal is to look at our patient, right? We're taking pictures of our patient, and we would think that we want to distinguish small structures in our patient. That is the definition of spatial resolution, to be able to distinguish small structures in our patient. Right. So if we want to take a clear, sharp image of our patient, we need to increase their spatial resolution. Unfortunately, it costs us time and right. signal to noise. And so we're constantly doing a balancing act. Right. right. So there's technologies out there that are masters at this, this trade-off of all of these balancing acts. But if we're focused on spatial resolution, which is what we're gonna talk about, right. is we want to make sure that we can do the best for what we need to do, All right? We could take this off the charts, right? We can make it like, a, you know, it's crazy resolution. I got a question. Like yes. what is considered a low resolution? 256 or is that kind of mid-grade? And then 192, anything below 256 is kind of low? So it depends on what you're talking about. So are we talking about phase oh, or frequency? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good point. So right, um, right, frequency, right. we still, frequency define the spatial points that we're going to, the, the data points that we're going to be collecting from our patient. We want to make sure we have enough of them to create a sufficient image. Right. And typically we say 256 is like that balance. And it doesn't right. matter about the, your field of view at that point. It's just a baseline. Right. All right, that's just kind of where we go. And if we're thinking spatial resolution, I can say something different. Are you referring to like MR in general or like neuroimaging, MSK imaging? That's where I was going to kind of go down that path because uh, we want to clarify because we can say temporal resolution. Dang. We can say contrast resolution. All right, what are we looking at? If I'm looking at temporal resolution, I don't care about the spatial resolution, right? right? I care about looking at the movement of structures over a short duration of time, either contrast or tissue or whatever it is. And so I don't care about my spatial resolution. I care about time. Right. And so it depends on what we're looking at. Contrast, I want to see the differences in tissues next to each other adjacent. But if we're focused on spatial resolution, we need a sufficient amount of, sp uh, of data points to represent the tissue. And we say that 256 is like that baseline. Right. All right. But at the end of the day, it's a number. Right. 
Now where phase is different, phase is how many echoes we're going to place in our case space. And so if I have a specific amount of echoes I want to collect, I have a little bit of play there. And that's typically where a tech goes. We try to save scan time and get signal by decreasing the phase. Right. But we never really touch the frequency. Right. And it's because we were told not to. Right. And that's a good point not to change that because that defines the overall image quality. Right. With that and bandwidth, we have this makeup of what this frequency that we're getting from our patient is going to look like. Right. right? So, so when you say frequency, just to clarify, yes. you got your 320 by 256, right? And usually that 320 is your frequency matrix and your 320 is your phase matrix, right? Yeah, so uh, yeah, the 320 is your frequency, phase would be 256. Okay. Yeah, so you're, you're typically, and, and again, I saw an article, it depends on how you're scanning too, like radial case-based filling, you can go above 100% in terms of your phase. Right. And that, but that's how many lines you're gonna have in your radial. But right. frequency is always gonna be the higher number for the right. most part, all right? So if we look at an image, so you take a picture, a regular picture, and you can have um, different numbers of pixels, right? We can have um, like a, a 640 by um, eight, what is it, eight, uh, or, or uh, 640 by 480 image, right? Oh, right, right, right. So you're looking at a regular image by pixels, right? Right. Or, or a 1080 by 1920, you know? Right, like image. our logo is like, I think it's like 512 by 512 or something and like that, right? Just for the audience, if you would, just for the patients that are listening, like how does that relate to their 1080 like pixel well, it's, it's uh, a Samsung oh. television. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So uh, uh, it I would be a high that. resolution would be the 1020, you know, the 10, right. yeah, so a 1080. So w when we have this high resolution image, I mean, obviously we, that's what we would want. We want a high resolution image of our right. patient, but we're limited. Okay, MRI is different, right? We, we still are creating pixels. We still have to define these lines and rows that develop these pixels in our image. And that's our image matrix that does this. Right. All right, so... MRI is different because when we get a picture on our TV, it's just a fine. We got a certain amount of pixels that represent that image. Right. We have no control over that. It's whatever the director of the movie or the person taking the picture gives us. Right. We are the directors of this, right? right? We are the ones taking the pictures. We define the, it. Power. the power. <laughs> there can only be one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when we go in there, we take these these pictures of our patient. You know, again, this is the important part. This is where we have the power. Right. Reggie, Robert, we right. all have the power to define what we see in this patient. If we go ahead and cut corners or we don't know what we're doing, we're doing a disservice to our patient. All right, they're the ones that we're trying to help. Right? If we like don't that. help them, are we doing our job? Are we what doing are we what doing this for? Exactly. Right. I mean, and there's certain pathologies where you have to have a hot matrix just to see them, right? Definitely. Like you don't want to miss something. Like for an example, go ahead. Uh, like sometimes lesion. MS plaques, yeah. Like sometimes you know you, man. There's, I mean, we can go into I'm saying like a bone uh, lesion, MS. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Or uh, dynamic pits. You know, usually though, you're gonna have kind of thin slices there for like, uh, you know, those micro adenomas and things like that. There's a bunch of things. There's a reason why you have a uh, high matrix and thin slices. I guess I should for say, sure, yeah. right? And, and neural cases are typically where we go with this high resolution, right? right. I mean, it's, it's typically... And I'm sorry, when we say high resolution, it's more than just the matrix, too, right? Correct. Because right. there's a relationship, right? So right. there's three parameters that define our spatial resolution, right? Field of view, mm -hmm. image matrix, and slice thickness. Right. Our patient is three-dimensional. There's three dimensions to our patient, so when we're thinking of how we're going to acquire data from this three-dimensional being, we have to think three-dimensionally. Our right. resolution is three-dimensional. At least in this reality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a simulation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
but field of view is our frame around our picture. Right. So you, you, you do ahead, you have a, a specific field of view. And I think people get hung up on these numbers. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just numbers. All right. When we think of field of view, it is just millimeters or centimeters, depending on your scanner, of what dimensions of this field of view is going to be, this frame around your picture. All right. The idea is that we want to frame whatever we're scanning. We want to include it. Right. All right. But it's easy to cut corners. Yep. It's easy to get that field of view a little bit larger because I get signal, crazy yeah. amounts of signal. Yep. Right? But that's going to deter us from achieving this high spatial resolution. Now, if high spatial resolution is not the goal, right? if it's temporal right. resolution or contrast, then who cares? right? I mean, we're, um, it's nice to go to a radiologist, and I love doing this. Like if I have a patient that's moving or they're claustrophobic, I say, hey, doc, what are those sequences that are like the gold ones for you? Like those, I need this one to look good. Right. Two of them. Give me two of them. And those will be my high-resolution images. And then the other ones, I'm just going to give you contrast. I'm going to focus on the contrast resolution so you can see what's bright, what's dark, what's whatever the case is. Right. All right? But I'll give you those detailed ones there. Well, when you mention field of view, the first thing I think of is large field of view exams, and those are typically the abdomens, right? So Correct. What would the spatial resolution typically be on average for an abdomen? Because the struggle with the breath hold, right? you got to keep the scan time down, which is another thing that we have to juggle, right? True. And, and when you think of abdomen work, we're doing a special technique, right? We're doing single shots. Right. Or we're doing super fast gradients for the T1s, like a vibe or something along those lines, right? So when we're thinking, we're limited on the spatial resolution when we do single shots. Because oh, yeah. we could drop that ball and we're collecting all the echoes that fill our case space over one TR. Yep. And we nice. are limited yeah. on the amount of resolution we can get in our image. That's why these images look somewhat blurry. And parallel imaging is one of those things that I like to just take off when I do these. Um, and, and people will say, well, it doesn't really even, I mean, if you take off parallel imaging and put it on, it's not going to affect the scan time of a single shot because a single shot fills your TR in one TR. Right. It doesn't matter if you're doing parallel imaging or not. All right, it just affects your signal to noise ratio. So I like to take it off and I get rid of these artifacts and I can focus on just the best quality echoes I can. Nice. But the higher you increase your resolution on a single shot or an abdomen study, the worse your images are going to look. All right, there's a limit to it. We can push it a certain amount, and then after that, our images are just not going to look good. Right. It's just being fair and reasonable. Our goal for an abdomen is to give us an idea of what's happening inside of our patient from an, from a, an abdominal lesion standpoint, from a functional standpoint, whatever we're looking for. Right. It doesn't have to be seeing this, the, the detail in this patient, right. you know, to the point where you know, depending on the scanner, depending on what the limitations are, what we have to work with, right? right? I mean, I've seen scanners that are newer scanners that have so many, like, freeze it and so many awesome techniques oh, that they man. can do to, to really optimize that. Yeah. But for, like, the nitty-gritty, the, the normal scanner, the old scanner, the, the scanner that we work on at the end of life for the past 20 years, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the realistic scanner yeah. that are still out there. Yeah. We're not going to achieve that. And we right. have to be realistic with what we're going to achieve. Right. But if we do the best we can with what we got then we did what we can, right? I mean, right. we can get a camera to take pictures of our patient and it could be a real crappy picture, a camera, or it could be a really nice camera. Right. We're limited. Well, well, one of the things that kind of bugs me, kind of taking it back to televisions and things like that, is interpolation, right? So when you buy a TV and it's upscaled to 4K, yes, which means it doesn't have 4,000 pixels, 
You know what I'm saying? There is interpolation that we do MRI-wise. How do you feel about you utilizing that? I do. I mean, we call it different things. Like interpolation is a Siemens term that they use. Um, right. Zip 512 oh. or whatever is what the GE would like to use. Yeah. And again, all we do is reconstructing a higher resolution. Right. I mean, you know what? The, my, my thought is, you know, if, if we're doing a reconstruction, so what? I mean, does it really hurt us at the end of the day? If the only thing is only going to benefit us. You know? right. my, fa- my first Siemens scanner, which was the other scanner that I started on, was an Esprit. And I think you learn a lot by working with Esprit, especially when it comes to homogeneity. Yes. Because it's such a short bore that you have so you only have so much to work with when when you're getting those shark bites and everything like that. So I really was able to master patient positioning, but not just that, like how I localized, you know, it, it was a bunch. Like I had to look out for why my fast hat wasn't working. And most of the time it was because I didn't that transmit gain, right? I, ISO I wasn't center, baby. Like ISO center. <laughs> scoot, scoot. No, but it's true. Like the tools you get, right? I mean, it's all about the tools. If if we got an awesome scanner, I mean, we could do such amazing things. Like if you go from a barrier to an era, let's say, I mean, Grant, there's three T to 1.5. So there's not a complete comparison, but a new tool or a Skyra, three T variable Skyra. Skyra's run, Vita's, and my favorite now is a Sola. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we get one of those. In terms of Siemens, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing good work with pushing the field. They want to push the envelope. They want to challenge, I feel like, the other vendors to step their game up, too, because I, I feel like everything that they come out with, they're, like, pushing that envelope, man, and I love it. I really mm-hmm. do love it. As a technologist. And from, yeah, and from a software standpoint, yeah. they do such a great job with that. Good. It's it's such oh, a great job. Man, I don't think any other vendor really can really touch them when it comes to how their coils mm-hmm. interact with each other. No, to this no. Day. And, I, and I love, you know, because, I mean, some of them are, are very flex coil driven, and I'm, I have, I'm not a big, I'm adverse to flex coils in a lot of ways, because I think... Beautiful. I mean, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, 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 I think there's a place, but if you don't strap them down, or if they're moving, or if they're breathing, or oh, there's motion to it, right. and I like the fixed coils in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm a, and I like those transmit receive coils. I'm a big oh. transmit receive um, guy too. So I like those, and those are going to be your fixed coils as well. Right. For the most part, but I want to give a big shout out to Phillips too because Phillips has some technology, and I don't know if you've seen our episode of RSNA. Check it out. I'll leave a link down below. Uh, but I mean. Phillips is making waves too, man. And I wish we Safety. had a Phillips game. Well, what I'd like to do is take what I love most from each vendor. I yes, know, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and make now. like a transformer almost. It'd be yeah. RMRI, Robert MRI. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but they do what I love is that I work at a place that has multiple vendors. That's perfect. Right? Yeah. I'm, on a, I'm not a monogamous kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> you can never just have just one. It's like a Pringle. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. <laughs> but when it comes to, but not to get too far off topic, because what it comes down to, when it comes to pretty images, uh, is a, has a large part to do with just balancing, getting that spatial res right for the field of view that you have, right? Like, yeah. So, um, so field of view is the frame, right? So, right. But we have to fill the frame with something, the pixels. That's the point of the, 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 the analogy with what we are used to, right? 1080 right. and all that stuff. So we have rows and columns that define this image matrix, and we call them phase encoding and frequency encoding, right? So we have the power to define all these pixels are the tiny squares. And right now we're still talking two-dimensional. It's in our plane of interest. Well, I have an analogy with this. Hey. So there, there is a relationship between this field of view and image matrix. And so this relationship between the two is that I have a fixed frame around my picture, mm-hmm. but I can change that, right? I have the control. Me, MRI tech, you know, and have what control. What you're saying is the direct relation between resolution and 
in that. It's not fixed. It's and, not fixed. And that it's completely yeah. dependent on factors, including field of view. And Correct. There's more than one factor. Because phase and frequency encoding is just a number. Just I mean, a, number. Ra a radiologist can say whatever they want in terms of what they want. But in terms of those numbers, 320 by 320, 256 by whatever, right. they're just numbers. They mean nothing to me as an MRI technologist. Relative, it's right? relative. Right. It's completely relative to my field of view. I've actually got a kudos for doing... A 192 by 192 matrix. No way. Right. Well, my field of view was literally scratching. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was like point. It was. It was uh, five. It was a five field of view. So five centimeters. So it was like uh, literally. Uh, wow. No, it was MSK. Was on it? what? Was on it was a finger. It was on a 3T. Oh, 3T. Okay. I was yeah. Say, 3T. You can get the signal from that. Yeah. It was a finger. We had a good hand coil. Patient was holding still. It was ISO center. And they want they wanted they, I forget what they were looking at. Maybe it was a uh, I don't know cactus prick or something. I don't know. Uh, but I would never forget because they when the patient came back for a follow up, the RAS said just like before, and the technology that got that was like, but they did a one ninety two by one ninety two, which they're just looking at the number. Right You're not that, looking at the right field down, of view. Write down that text name, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell by the voice. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> huh? You just used the. <laughs> Does the name start with a? <laughs> but that's the that's the point that you're making is, is yeah. that it's it's more than just a number, right? Like. You, there's 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 more factors that are involved in right. high resolution imaging. Exactly. So when we're thinking of spatial resolution, it's field of view. Right. But it's image matrix at the same time. And those define what we call an in-plane resolution. Right? You take field of view divided by your image matrix and you get this in-plane resolution. So essentially that says is how small of our patient, how many small pieces of our patient can we actually distinguish? Right. All right? The smaller our in-plane resolution, the smaller those structures I'm going to be able to see in my image. All right? Because that's all that matters, the size right. of our pixel. If our pixel is very large, we have a poor spatial resolution. If it's small, we have a nice sharp high resolution right. how does that translate to like time because one thing i've noticed with patients that's confusing to them is that why is it the smaller the body the part the longer the exam right. you're just scanning my hand well i mean what happens when we increase our resolution there's an inverse relationship between signal to noise mm -hmm. and resolution so now we have to compensate for this so All if right. we want to get this gold image of this awesome finger or whatever the case is i need to spend some <laughs> like money you don't believe me i believe you i believe you <laughs> so you have to spend a signal you yeah. have some money to spend here and you need to get some money so you need to work harder right. you need to work longer right. all right so we go ahead and we pull our averages or pull something else to increase the signal which adds scan time to achieve this high resolution Right. All right, so we nothing's free in MRI, and we all know no that. I mean, it's like a game that we're playing constantly. Right. This is awesome mind game, and I love that. You know, that, that idea of like, if you come to MRI, you better be thinking that you're coming to a modality that's going to require you to use your brain every single day. Well, if right? you ask a CT tech, they're like, all you do is sit there. No, you don't. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. And to that, I respond, all you do, sir, is press buttons. <laughs> <laughs> we love CT. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's something, there's, every modality has a thing. Like, CT, you're running. Like, for you're, like, oh, stop you're, you're flying, and you're the next one. Boom, no breaks. Stop you guys all for a second so I don't dig myself a hole. To the CT techs out there, I know that you do more than press buttons. But, <laughs> thank you. That's all good. <laughs> no, but, like, it's a different type of, of work, right? right. I mean, the you're challenge. physical. You're going faster. You're, you're moving different. faster. With MRI, you're, you're trying to balance these things. You've got patients that have conditions. Maybe they can't lace till they're in pain or they're claustrophobic or there's something going on with them that they can't 
lay still for as long as we need them to. Right. So we have to go ahead and balance things. We have to change things. To think that we're going to sit down and just say, I'm going to pull up protocol brain, whatever, and press the button. Every single person is different. Every Auto single scan. brain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like to me, every single brain, every single spine, every single whatever I'm scanning is a different obstacle, is a different challenge for it's me. It's a new level on your game, right? It is right. because every body part is different. Every diagnosis so, is different. Let me ask you this: To that, I would respond if just playing devil's. No, that's all good. It's all good. Okay, so every exam is different, right? Correct. But so is every patient's protocol. So if I do the right protocol on the right patient based on their pathology, why would I need to deviate from the set parameters? Go. No, that's perfect. Because what happens when we have a radiologist? Right? We, when we do a seizure brain, right. we'll add a, an extra coronal flare. And when we do an MS, right. we might add a sagittal flare. Right. And we have protocols that are built around pathology themselves. And some radiologists, like I, my cardiac protocol, covers everything so i'm doing uh, everything i'm doing right side of the heart i'm doing left side of the heart i'm doing pulmonaries i'm doing we call those everything. blankets yes the right. blankets blanket and so yeah. is that right i mean should i be doing a blanket for every single person sometimes it's just easier to do that because then you do take alleviate the technologist error out of it by saying here's my blanket yeah but that's what it is it's a blanket when we have this protocol if i have a child i should not be running the same protocol i run for an adult Right. I shouldn't. There should be a child protocol. You know, and to that, I have the opinion that you shouldn't be running the same protocols on outpatients versus inpatients or ER patients. I agree. I, and I, we do the same I thing in our facility. A, uh, a tailored, abbreviated exam. And I think it should, for example, you shouldn't be doing a full lumbar for a cord compression. I agree. Or entire spine for cord compression. Because they, time is valuable. Right? Time is valuable. And there's other modes of imaging that they already went through. Oh, right. So they already know what they're looking for. It's more specific. And at the end of the day, the shorter the exam, the probably the better the outcome. Because the exam, mm -hmm. I mean, because the patient's right. threshold. I mean, we all have a threshold. And so if they're saying, hey, I'm super claustrophobic, well, we'll probably get a better exam in 10 minutes than we would 30 minutes. Right. True. But that comes down to an insurance you know, insurance issue, and that's another conversation. Oh, right. In terms of well, let's get into it. <laughs> By any means, we are not radiologists. Exactly. You know that was the third episode we did. Yeah. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, really, truly, I mean, we're under the supervision of a radiologist. Right. We... We do what we need to do, whatever the radiologists need us to do. That's what, what we do. And we're necessary. photographers. I mean, right. we go there and we take the pictures. Right. Well, can I tell you my two favorite exams are sure. cardiacs? Me too. Look at that. That's, Overachievers. Overachievers. That's my favorite. I, I Excuse love yourself from the conversation, Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we do a, at my facility, we do what's called a tumor protocol. And the reason why I like it so much is that it's completely tailored to the, to the patient's pathology, not to the patient. And what I mean by that is, for example, the short axis axial, it has nothing to do with the anatomy, it has everything to do with the pathology. So if it's uh, you know, medial to lateral in longitudinal like shape, then you would do a right to left axial. And you would normally call that a sagittal, but we're calling it an axial. But my point is, is that you decide what the long axis is, mm -hmm. you decide. Right. That's perfect. And because it requires some type of knowledge from the technology itself. Right. I mean, it's, it's giving that, that um, saying, you know what you know, what you know what you're doing. Yeah. Here you go. Go well, ahead. I guess and do my that. point in bringing that up is that like, it's fun to take ownership of your exam. Right. right. And yeah, True. at the end of the day, every patient should be getting the same quality exam from any tech. But in reality, 
Um, some techs give more effort than others, and some have more training than others. True. And some are will. I mean, Two, it comes down to I feel like confidence level too. Some people are more willing to go that extra route because they've got that confidence or that reinforcement from maybe a previous experience where the rat was like, "Oh, great job on that! I'm glad you added that." Or and that helps. Seen someone for, and that. for you rats out there, positive reinforcement helps oh, man, so much. Not just the negative reinforcement, right? the positive reinforcement. And for the oh, and for the record, I welcome constructive criticism. I do too. I I, I want to always be better yeah man. but um yeah const- uh, uh, positive reinforcement man that goes when you get that phone call you're like oh what did i do now and the yeah. rat's like oh man i don't know what you were thinking on that ankle but it came out beautiful i mean that goes so far it does. you know you never forget to his that. point about confidence i mean for example i think every work or every place i've ever worked for whatever reason it seems like msk rads or can be can be the most critical Mm-hmm. And and one of the things you're told from day one is don't adjust the field of view. <laughs> yes. Yep. Can I tell you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always adjust the field of view because every and single body part is different. Absolutely. And I do it with confidence because I know that I can justify every single time. And I'm and I welcome that conversation. Yes. Right. Call me up. Ask, Ask me, me why. why I did that field of view. Yeah. Love to. I love to tell you because you're the artist. You're the photographer. You are the photographer of that. Your job is to give them the information they need. Right. Right. And again, from a from a devil's advocate. Don't abuse that. Don't use a 140 when you could have used a 120. Because you're not doing justice to to the patient that way. Right. And now, when you uh, the devil's advocate to the whole, you know, customizing to the patient is that if the angles are different, if your landmarks are different, Uh, now you can elongate. You can make the tumors look different. And that's something you shouldn't deviate. You should never deviate from. But I'm just just to kind of clarify to come full circle to make sure when we're what we're talking about here is not necessarily changing your angles or anything along like we're, we're, we're what we're talking about is changing the resolution right. the area that we're imaging Cause just take that. ownership because i'm mean, take yes. pride in what you do and don't be the guy that just hits start auto scan right. yeah because feel like it's easy to do that because man, is. youtube is right there yeah in zone three podcast yeah that's my, my struggle <laughs> every single day uh, <laughs> no i think that brings up a good point too of reproducibility right so when you're working at a, a facility that does a lot of cancer patients just a lot of tumors in general or whatever and they're leaning they're, towards ai for the purpose of this but keep yes. going yeah there's there's a reason why they want things to match when the patient comes back because yes. they need to make sure that the measurements they're making are consistent, right? So they want to make sure they can say, hey, this has gotten smaller or this has gotten bigger. And if you're angling different and you got that elongation or whatever it is, uh, if you're not actually doing kind of the similar protocol, then they, it's not a reliable information that they can hand off. Yeah. They want to be able to get that. Get into the, what the purpose of reproducibility is. So the, the whole thing behind like auto align and I mean, like if you're a radiologist, things. why would it be so important to you for reproducibility? Yeah, because it's going to change how they the measurements on their read, right? So they want to be able to for that read to be as confident. Well, as possible, because you're right? comparing apples to apples, right? When they compare it, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And anything else is not. Right. So if you can make it as comparable as possible, you're increasing the right the the ability for that doctor to 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 distinguish between between if there's been progression, whether it's good or bad. Right. Outside of new meds, 
they want to measure that old net too, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So along with taking ownership of what you do, but yeah. spatial resolution is definitely one of them for sure. Well, for sure. And if we're just talking about you know generic imaging, we're not talking about anything special. We're not talking right. about you know, cancer follow-up treatments there right. or anything like that. We're, we're, what we're talking about is I'm doing a, a finger exam. I'm doing a knee. Right. I keep going back to this finger. Which one is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pinky. pinky. The pinky. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely when, not the third when digit. You're drinking, when you're, you got to have a pinky out. And I think what happened to that. <laughs> Tell what you're drinking, Reggie. Tell what you're drinking. This is uh, cold brew coffee. <laughs> yeah. Eight o'clock tonight. Cheers. <laughs> so, but I, but I think, you know, circling back to spatial resolution, right? Yeah. We got we got this field of view. And, and you could choose whatever field of view. Like you said, you alter your field of view all the time. I think that's amazing. Because every single patient is different. Right. Right. But when we're also talking about this field of view, again, it's a number, right? But it's more of a measurable number. When we're talking about phase, or phase and frequency, our image matrix, those are just numbers. They define right. the amount of lines and columns we are going to produce in our final image to develop these pixels or two-dimensional cubes of data. Right. right? So the relationship between field of view, the size of that, and the number of lines and columns we have in our image are going to determine that. So if we increase our field of view, which I have this little balloon here. Hey, all right. All right. So if I have this balloon here, and we have a fixed field of view. Nice. But now I go ahead and I say, I'm not going to change my image matrix. I'm going to keep it the same. Can we call that 120? Let's call it 120. All right. All right. right. But I'm going to go ahead and increase my field of view. Okay. Right. So let's say my radiologist says, I want you to keep it 256. That's what I want. 256 by 256. That's what it is. But we say, oh, my God. The scan time is outrageous. I'm just going to increase my field of view. Hypersthetic patient. I don't know. Yeah. My pixels get bigger. If my pixels get bigger, my spatial resolution gets lower. Can the right. camera see that, Matt? I wonder. I don't know. It's Which contributes to blurriness, as you can see here, too. Right? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Hey, no, let it go. Oh. oh, I was going to, yeah. I was hoping to hit Reggie in the face. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is this. The, your image matrix is just a relative number. It's, it doesn't right. mean anything to me because it's based on what your field of view is. Anyone could tell you what you, they want your image matrix to be, but it's up to us to say if it's really going to benefit us or not. But the number I care about more than just random image matrix is my in-plane resolution. Right. All right, so it's field of view divided by your image matrix. Right. You're going to get dimensions of how small you of a, of a volume of tissue you can distinguish two-dimensionally, right? And then we're talking in-plane resolution. Right. So I care about that number. I can you can say I'm, I'm using a 512 by 512 image matrix, Ooh. but I'm using a 600 millimeter field of view. Oh. It means nothing to me, right? <laughs> yeah. right? So I'm going to have warping. I'm going to have all this crazy stuff in my image. It's going right. to look horrible. All right. But the point I'm trying to make is that it doesn't matter if you're using, you know, a 512 by 512 or you're using 256, 256. What it matters is the relationship between field of view right. and that matrix. Right. All right. And then we're talking two dimensional here. This is just the slice, the image that pops up on your screen. Dang, right. All right. And so I care about that. If I want to make my image look sharp, I want to make sure that my image looks sharp because I have a fine balance between field of view and image matrix. Mm-hmm. Now, if I don't, then my image is going to look poor. So in theory, from what you were kind of saying earlier, you were using a lower image matrix, right? Right. But your field of view is super so tiny. Small. All right. So still jam packing all those pixels yes. in that little field of view. In that little field of view. You're 192 that nobody believes. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I can, yo. You don't, what you don't realize, Matt, is I have access to packs. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was our old pack system. Uh, uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so thinking three-dimensionally now, right? Our patient's three-dimensional. We have a slice thickness, right? So that, that is our third oh, parameter yeah. to define what this resolution looks like, right? The third so, dimension, yeah. yeah. So our slice thickness, like the thicker our slice, the less resolution we have. And so when we start talking... You know, every time you say that, what I think about is the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. But I'm sorry. So I laugh. Hold on. Every time you say it. The sweeter the resolution. Okay. I we'll, we'll, you know what? That's good. We'll turn <laughs> it that way. Keep going. But if I laugh, that's the reason. Keep okay. Going. All right. But but we're looking... Oh, weird. <laughs> so when we start talking three-dimensional, we start talking about voxels, not pixels and two-dimensional plane. Voxels. I just don't know why he had to look me in the eye when he said that. I know, and he smiled, talking too. About you, Reggie. <laughs> I'm talking right about now. you. Okay. I just feel a little bugged right now. <laughs> so, so we have this voxel, right? So the voxel is a three-dimensional component. Right. So the thicker our voxel, we have the thicker a slice, we have blurring. We have this partial volume averaging, right? So our image looks blurrier. Right. But we can squeeze that, make our slices thinner, get higher resolution, and we get a better better image, right? So in terms, terms of spatial resolution, we want thin slices, and that's the three-dimensional component to all of this. Nice. So we have in-plane resolution, which is a ratio between field of view and image matrix, and then we have the three-dimensional component, which is our slice thickness. But now I want to ask you guys this. Mm -hmm. Let's say you are getting, you're getting crazy. You're doing a brain study, and you're like, okay, I, you know what Matt said, that I have to increase my image matrix if I have my field of view bigger because then my in-plane resolution is going to be high. All right, so let's say you're doing a brain, and you're like, well, I'm going to use a three- 100 millimeter or a 30 centimeter field of view, but I want to do a 512 by 512. That's a big head, bro. That's yeah. a big head. This guy's eight hat. But, <laughs> yeah. but let's say the head wasn't that big. Let's say it's an average head, but you decided to use that. Oh, dang. Okay. Right. And let's say you used a, a super high image matrix because you wanted to compensate for all of this. Now, my question to you is that is that sufficient? Is well, that good? Reggie's always compensating. <laughs> <laughs> <I just say>. <laughs> <laughs> you love him up, man. I'm gonna... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I never I'm lobbing thought... too many up here. <laughs> I never thought I would regret decisions that I've made on this podcast. <laughs> Are you partnering up with me? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what would I'm you sorry, say? I'm immature. No, right? no, it's all good. Okay, but what would you say? Like, what would you say? Would you say that that would be reasonable? No, I mean, and why not? Five twelve by five twelve, but we're at three hundred foot of view. I think there's still just so much air around the head. That's the purpose. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. Right. Is that we can have? You might be able to argue the fact, like, well, my pixels, my in-plane resolution is super awesome, right? right. Sub millimeter, point three. I'd say, but if all the pixels are making up air, right? How is that even helping my patient? Right, because that equates to no signal pretty much too, right? Yeah, there's nothing there. Right. So yeah, you might have small pixels, but it's making up a smaller portion of my patient, right? So only a few of those pixels are making up the brain. The rest yeah. of them are making up the air around it. So that. it I mean, does it matter. Yeah. yeah, it does matter. And so I have this tried true method of optimizing my spatial resolution. Oh, and nice. I, yes, this is my try true. Woo. So... This is how I do it. I'm ready for this. You ready? I'm ready. The suspense is killing me. I was going to pause even longer. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drop the lights. Milk it, man. Yeah, milk milk it. yeah seriously. I'm just going to sit here for this 20 minutes moment. quiet. It's like deal or no deal. Yeah, you got to no make idea. a choice. How full my bladder is right now. <laughs> <laughs> see sweat dripping from your head. So. All right. So. <laughs> so I always start with my field of view. Right. You cone the field of view into the body part that you're scan scanning because yeah. I don't care Stop about anything off. else. Of course. Right. Right. Field of view. And then after that, I determine what my image matrix is going to be. What do I want my 
in plane resolution to be from a millimeter standpoint. All right, so do I want it to be sub-millimeter? Then I go and aim for that, whatever right. the case is. So image matrix is the second thing I worry about. Third thing I worry about is my slice thickness. Right. All right, going into any exam, I'm going to have an idea or any sequence. I'm going to have an idea of what I'm, I'm trying to achieve. Right. And the final thing I have to do is balance my signal to noise. All right, so then I can say, okay, well, okay, I increase my averages to, you know, seven. This is way too much for me, what I want to do to my signal. So I'm going to pull back my resolution, reevaluate, look at my field of view, look at my image matrix, look at my slice thickness, right. and reevaluate. Get that balcony, you know, view yeah, on everything. exactly. Right? But I always start as, as, as strict as I can, and then I pull back from that if I need to. I like that. That's actually a good strategy. <laughs> So when you Black say balcony, again, you know, bro. I'm trying to think of, what's that girl's name with the long hair on the balcony? We don't lost Robert. Is that Rapunzel? Yes. <laughs> oh. Would have been so much better if I would have come up with that. Um, yeah. Rewind and you know, yeah. just use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm gonna use the bathroom. You guys, don't make, it weird. don't make it weird. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the announcement. <laughs> no. So I mean, for the most part. Um, I mean, so from a signal to noise yeah. standpoint, I think I think what Thank we'll, you. Robert yeah. messed me up. That's okay. <laughs> I get you. I, I saw the lob up. I was gonna yeah. slam dunk it. So okay. So what I'm trying to say is this: we have spatial resolution. This is just a small piece of what we do, right? This All is the right. picture that we're taking, the resolution of the picture. But there's other components that we're worried about. We're All worried right. about the time. We're worried about the signal to noise. It's a balancing act. Right. So today we're just talking about how we optimize the signal to noise. But there's other components that we have to worry about as well. And there's right. trade-offs with that. Now, anytime we increase a resolution, we're going to decrease our signal-to-noise ratio. Right. That's a law. That's now, what's going to happen. Why is that, right? Well, that's an awesome question. Honestly, that's a really good question. Right. And it really dives down to each part of the puzzle. So when we look at field of view, we're looking at how we activate our gradients. All right. So we can like look at K-space and say a deeper gradient, which is required to get a smaller field of view, is going to promote more dephasing and that promotes less signal in our image right more noise because we have more spatial frequencies than, than high amplitude frequencies right and so we get this lower frequency from a field of view standpoint from an image matrix standpoint in order for us to get more lines of k-space we need a steeper phase encoding gradient in order to get more lines of k-space which means a steeper phase encoding gradient converts to a higher dephasing. Right. All right. So we get less signal there. And then when we look at slice thickness, our slice selective gradient, we need a steeper slice selective gradient to get thinner slices, right. which relates to less, more dephasing, less signal. Dang. All right. Nice. So, so we have this relationship between signal to noise and resolution. The more we push the resolution, the less signal we get. And it's just a, a ratio between spatial frequencies and high amplitude frequencies. Right. You know, when I was up, and I always thought of it too, to help me kind of lock it in when I was taking my boards, is that, all right, you have big pixels, right? The bigger the pixel, the more image you can fit in there, which kind of equates to the more signal you could kind of fit in there. And then the smaller the pixel, the less image you could fit in there. So the less yeah. signal you could kind of get out of that, you know? And it was sure. one of those things, because there was always a bunch of like little knickknacks. Yeah. That you kind of try to help you memorize these parameter trade-offs, because that's like literally 90% of the boards, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, the trade-offs. Trade so, you know, right? looking at, like, because what you're saying is kind of true, right? Right. It's, it's just like the a biggest... layman's idea. It is. Right? Like, the bigger the pixel, the more hydrogen you have in it. The more right. hydrogen the you have in it, the more signal you get. Because right. we're getting signal from hydrogen. Right. So, but yeah, there's, there's some truth works, in it. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a good way to look at it, I guess. Right. Were you guys talking about me? Yeah, we were. <laughs> we were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm back. 
in the, in the interest of time, I chose not to wash my hands. Reggie? <laughs> eh, I know them long enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I mean, outside of that, I mean, that's essentially where, what, what I've got for you in terms of spatial resolution. So nice, unless you got man. some special questions or anything I'd be happy to answer. Uh, I mean, if anyone, yo, if you guys have any questions, in the, you know, leave a comment. Um, you got anything else, Rob? No, awesome. Thank you, Matt. I think you covered a lot of uh, things that are going to be very beneficial to techs out there. I think techs that really haven't given all that as much thought as they should. And so thank you. Right. For that. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to is our, the balance that we have as MRI techs. Like you said in the very beginning, it's a game that we play. We're balancing our scan time with that resolution, with the money that we have, which is called the signal, right? Yep. So don't spend your money wisely. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right? You know, for job satisfaction, make it fun for you. You know, yeah. do these things like you said. Exactly, I love time that. And you've got a patient who's snoring. Yeah, I love that. Right, I love that. Right. Make it fun. Make this it is fun. this is our career. Stop looking at it as a nine to five. This is our career. Right. Yes, you might punch out at five or whatever the case is. Right. But make it fun. Make make right. learn something. Yeah, I mean, the exams I, mo I enjoy the most. The ones are the most challenging. That yes. potato stuff, man. That's yes, legit. those are just checks. That's, chest X-rays. He literally yes, got, exactly. He was literally tug of warring over a, a, a very difficult study the other day. So I vouch for that. That's legit. Yeah. No. I mean, perfect. Those, the more complex it is, the more challenged I am, it the is. more satisfaction it I is. From it. And that's. I agree with you completely. What we should be taking from this, in addition to right. that cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> my boss is watching that cheddar. <laughs> I'm looking for more than three percent this year. <laughs> <laughs> We but are hiring, true. by the way. Uh, no, I'm half kidding, but I am half serious. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, seriously, thank no, you. Thank you, thank you guys. Honestly, thank you so much. Honestly, yeah. you guys are amazing. I love what you guys are doing, sh sharing knowledge and, and, and doing what you guys do. Yeah, that is man. what the what the industry needs at this point. And your passion is like contagious, and I'm not kidding about that. It like well, thank really you. inspires us as well. So thank you, Matt. Right. Appreciate thank you. Here thank yeah, you we got to do this again sometime this year. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in Chicago, I'm sure. Uh, yes. We'll, we'll be back, if not at RSNA, something else, but yeah. certainly not during winter. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we could choose it. Robert but... has to work this year yeah. doing RSNA. Yeah. 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 That's true, actually. <laughs> Likely <yeah>. story. <laughs> so if there's any PRNs available, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys do make it down, that'd be fine. Like, I'll, I'll we'll still right. spend the day. Like, oh, we'll walk okay. around. Yeah, it'll be good. At the very least, we'll be there. I can't imagine at least not one day. Sure. But, yeah. Um, not like this year. This year we were able, or last year, I should say, at this point. But um, if you haven't already, do all those things that YouTubers tell you to do. Subscribe, like, yes. tell your friends, yes. uh, tell your your coworkers that really aren't your friends, but you pretend like they are. Uh, <laughs> Tell your radiologist, hey, I heard that on Zone 3 podcast. That has to be legit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, Matt, thank you. Thank yeah, you guys so much. That's Zone 3 podcast. We're out. We're out. Good. The information and comments provided in the Zone 3 podcast and website are not intended to be technical or medical recommendations or advice for individuals or patients. The information and comments provided under the auspices of Zone 3 podcasts and their guests are of a general nature and should not be considered specific to any individual or patient, whether or not a specific patient is referenced by the physician, technologist, individual, group, or other entity seeking information. Zone 3 podcast may provide links or references to websites. Such links are provided as a convenience to our listeners seeking more information on topics. These websites are not affiliated with Zone 3 podcast, nor do they endorse or manage content discussions unless otherwise stated during recording.